Welcome to Intersect, a podcast by Micromass Communications. This is part three of our story about Kit and Cassie. If you haven't heard parts one and two yet, listen to them before you start this episode. Here's the final chapter of Kit's story. I hope you enjoy hearing how Micromass behavioral expertise and creativity can help change lives. Previously on Intersect. Kit wants a diagnosis, but she has no confidence that the doctor's office is the place to get it. A patient advocacy group or peer support group could be an ideal place to create this type of environment. It's called Making the Connection. It's a support community for the undiagnosed and misdiagnosed. Gives them a place where they can share stories with each other and be honest. It builds trust. I think she might be considering going to a doctor, maybe. We're preparing her to be ready for the doctor. Is the doctor gonna be a good fit for her? Support has to come from two directions. The company that we're working for sponsored a patient-centered communication initiative for doctors. The doctor she's about to meet has taken part in it. I can't do this. What if it's another wild goose chase? Oh my gosh, look at this. They have the same one in the virtual waiting room. It's the same meditation that we use. Really? So overall, we've created favorable conditions for Kit to meet this provider. All right, here we go. Kit and Cassie are talking with Dr. Donovan Parham, a gastroenterologist and hepatologist in Virginia. They're on a video call. And that was 10 years ago. I haven't been to a doctor since. But now that we're thinking about having a kid, it's time. You can probably tell, but this isn't easy for me. That's okay. Sounds like you've had to overcome a lot just to get here. I'm glad you're talking with me at all. Yeah, I'm still getting used to it. Well, I'm hoping I can do more listening than talking today. I'd really like to hear more about your experience. I'll help you start off, and then you can say as much as you're comfortable with. Would that be all right? Sure. Okay. How about you take me through a typical day? All right. Well, if I sleep all night, I'm usually... We took a moment to ask Dr. Parham about how he talks with patients. My approach really changed after I started learning about patient-centered communication. I studied it a little in med school, but I didn't fully grasp the need for it until I started seeing patients. When I started out, I would go down a checklist of symptoms. It almost never uncovered anything I didn't expect. But now that I'm seeing more patients with rare diseases and problem diagnoses, I try to listen and reflect back what I hear them say. You'd be surprised how that helps people clarify what they're really thinking and feeling. And little things like making eye contact instead of looking at a chart or a computer the whole time. With a patient like Kit who's gone through so many frustrating relationships with doctors, I can't assume she'll put her trust in me. So how do you try to build that trust? Well, I work to see things from her perspective. It not only helps build trust with patients, but it's amazing how often we end up talking about something relevant to their condition that I never would have known to ask about. So you've mastered that style of communication now? Well, I'm proficient, but I don't think I'll ever master it. I still attend workshops on it periodically. I'm always looking to sharpen and refine those skills. Remember that the workshops that Dr. Parham attends are part of the same program that developed Kit's peer support group. The pharma company has made a commitment to support patients in this rare disease space by taking a 360 approach to uncover insights to reach patients where they are, build trust between patients in the healthcare system, and help healthcare providers build communication skills that can optimize the patient-provider conversation and lead to better patient outcomes. We're helping the pharma company work at the intersection of patients having trust and providers offering the type of care and solutions that will enable patients to become and stay engaged. Ultimately, we want to elevate these conversations in a way that's beneficial to providers and patients. To do this, we want to give providers the tools that they need to meet patients wherever it is that they are, and then use these tools to help patients overcome the different kinds of barriers that they may be experiencing. Exactly. 
These tools and communication skills can be used with a range of health and day-to-day -day challenges. That way, patients who are hesitant or non-trusting, just like Kit, can still find ways to take care of herself and reach out for support however she feels comfortable. It seems like this could probably work for people who have other kind of barriers too, like say if they're unmotivated. Or maybe struggling with low health literacy. This creates a big picture support system that can encompass almost all patients and helps them feel more confident in the healthcare system. We're doing this by addressing both sides, patient and provider, by partnering with advocacy groups on a grassroots level and providing them with resources and partnering with leading physicians to better support these patients through optimized dialogue. Giving me as much work and I'm really worried he's going to stop hiring me for jobs. You've had something unexpected happen at work and now you're worried about what your future looks like with them as well as if we're going to have even more financial burden because kids are expensive. So you're also worried about expanding your family. Right. Well, thanks for giving me such a detailed picture of your experience. I'll summarize some of the other things we've talked about, and then you can let me know how true that sounds. Sure. You feel frustrated with the pain and constant mystery of your condition, and you're a bit disappointed with the doctors you've met so far because they haven't been able to help you or understand how you feel. And finally, they haven't shown any commitment to helping you further. Did I get all of that right? Yeah, that's it exactly. Well, one thing that's been helpful for other people in this type of situation is to keep track of symptoms in detail. We have a symptom journal that I think might help. Would it be okay if I tell you a bit more about it? Sure. About a week later, I'm with Kit at work. She's keeping track of her symptoms. Could you tell me a little about this journal? Okay, I just wrote down lower back pain and a time and date, and I write down what I'm feeling and doing each time the pain happens. How's it helping? Honestly, I'm surprised by how often I notice things now. I think I kind of got in the habit of ignoring the usual stuff, the back and stomach pain and the headaches, or I'd just say, oh, I lifted those steel cases the other day, that's probably why it hurts now. But now that I'm keeping track of them, I'm realizing I'm getting attacks nine or 10 times a day. Look at this, I had three separate instances of lower back pain this morning, and each one lasted about 15 minutes. Right now, I have no idea why, but maybe I'll be able to see a pattern after a while. What else can you do with the journal? Well, each page also has a section that's about recording how I feel, not just physically, but you know, emotionally. It doesn't come easily for me. Unpacking my emotions, that's never really been my thing. Cassie loves the idea. Are you using that part? Yeah, I've written in it a couple of times. It says to write down how I feel after each doctor's appointment. That's helpful. It kind of helps me process it all. It's not uncommon for people with chronic illness to rationalize away their symptoms, perhaps even to the point where they tend to unconsciously start ignoring them. This is likely even more the case when patients don't know what illness they're dealing with, if any at all. Right. As long as they've found ways to deal with their symptoms, they delay seeking treatment and tell themselves, everything's fine. I can handle it. The symptom journal is another part of the pharma company's 360 approach. It helps people become more aware of their symptoms and communicate them to their healthcare provider. And tracking symptoms along with the circumstances under which they happen really helps in the detective work of living with a chronic illness. Kit's realizing that she's been in pain more often than she used to be, and she's looking for links between her activities and her symptoms. Now I'm back home with Kit and Cassie. They're on their next call with Dr. Parham. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised with myself how much I've been using the journal. I think it's really great you've been using it so much. I honestly had no idea you've been having this much back pain during the day. I just wish I knew someone who had similar symptoms so we could sort of compare notes. Well, one thing we look for is a genetic component. It's possible that this condition is hereditary. Tell me what you know about any other family members who may have had these symptoms. 
Um, I'm not sure. I've never heard anyone in my family talk about it. How would you feel about asking them? Uh... You're feeling a bit unsure about that idea. I'm a little freaked out, kind of having flashbacks. About what? Well, I remember when I was a kid, starting when I was around 14. I'd have stomach aches a lot. My mom wasn't having any of it. You don't think she believed you? It was more like she didn't think it was that bad. She just told me to suck it up. Anytime I tell her I was hurting, she'd be like, the world doesn't stop for stomach aches. Go to school. I'm pretty sure she thinks I'm a hypochondriac. And then when I started dating women, she was all, more drama. Kathleen the drama queen, always sick. Now she doesn't like boys. Drama, drama, drama. And you really don't feel like that's an accurate description? Definitely not. Sorry. (laughs) Seriously, she has no idea how much I don't share. And even when I'm not complaining, she hears it that way. But really, I do my best not to complain. I put my head down, get the work done. I can't stand drama queens. And your mom has cast you in that role. Yep. And my dad has his own issues with me. He hasn't talked to me once since I married Cassie. So I'm not asking either of them about any medical stuff. And I'm definitely not ready to tell them about Cassie and me having a baby. You need a minute? You want to take a break? No, I'm okay. Sorry, I wasn't expecting that particular wound to be open just then. Kit's distrust has some extra layers built on it. It's not just doctors. She also has scars from her poor relationships with her family, which have eroded her self-esteem and also left her feeling alienated and disrespected. Plus, she was doing pretty well, but now you can see how close to the surface those vulnerable feelings were. Are there any other ways you can think of that you might be able to find out about your family's health history? Take your time. Oh, Lucy. My Aunt Lucy. Tell me about her. She is awesome. (laughs) She's the one person in my family who didn't bat an eye when I came out. And she has an incredible memory. I bet she'd know. She's someone you'd feel comfortable talking with. Oh, yeah. A few days later, we're riding with Cassie in the car. She's on her way to an open house. Hey, kid, I've got you on speaker. Cassie, my grandpa Mike. My grandpa Mike had seizures. Wait a second, slow down. My grandpa Mike used to have seizures and his arm used to go numb at random. And Lucy said he would sometimes have to get up from the dinner table and leave and go lie down. Oh my gosh. She said he used to grab his back in pain all the time. Cassie, it's the same thing. It's genetic. It's genetic. Oh my God, this is real. This is a real thing I have, whatever it is. Uh, Wow. I gotta go. I gotta call Dr. Parham and tell him. I'm calling him right now. I love you. I'll see you at home. She finally believes it. She finally knows it's not all just in her head. You can hear how much Kit's attitude has changed. She's more comfortable talking about her symptoms, and she's excited to share it with her doctor. She's built a solid relationship with him, and it's really helping her. The question now is, can Kit's condition be properly diagnosed? And if so, is there a treatment for it? Well, that's not a question for us to answer, but at this point, Kit has a doctor she trusts who may be able to help her. Using the symptom journal and the information Kit got from her Aunt Lucy, Dr. Parham is able to find the test to diagnose Kit's condition. It's conclusive. It's one of the rarest forms of a rare family of diseases, and Dr. Parham confirms that it is indeed hereditary. Then Kit gets the good news she's been hoping for. There is a treatment for it. It doesn't cure the disease, but it helps keep her symptoms under control. The first question Kit asks, is it safe to take during pregnancy? And the answer is yes. 
she and Cassie still haven't decided how they want to handle that, but at least now it's potentially an option for Kit to carry the baby. After Kit has her new prescription, a case manager from the pharma company's support program contacts Kit. Oh, okay, great. First off, what questions do you have now that you're starting your treatment? Um, what kind of questions do you mean? Well, some people ask for suggestions about how to create a routine with the medication. Would you like for me to suggest some ways to help you take your dose at the same time every day? Actually, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I work freelance, so my schedule changes a lot. What do you recommend? A lot of people find it helpful to create cues for themselves, something they associate with taking their medication. We started with a person who is completely closed to the healthcare process, and we've used this 360-degree approach to help her find a way to feel comfortable with navigating the healthcare system. First, we helped her find support from peers who had previously navigated a similar situation. This led her to a doctor skilled in communication and understanding patient needs, which then brought her to a pharma company with a patient-centered support program. It takes a fully developed support framework to reach patients like Kit, and she finally feels like she can move forward with her life. At last, Kit is feeling more secure about her medical experience. She not only has Cassie looking out for her, but also a doctor she trusts, the Making the Connection group, and the pharma company support program. Here are Kit and Cassie in the park together. Well, when we found out that it runs in Kit's family, we really had to do some hard thinking about how exactly we want to handle the pregnancy. I don't want our kid to have what I have. Right. What are you going to do? Uh, we're not sure yet, but we're probably going to pull from my gene pool and then I'll carry the baby, but whatever we decide, we're going to figure it out together. I finally got my random body pain under control. I'm not ready to dive into the unpredictable world of being pregnant. It's all right. I've got this. Dr. Parham referred us to a really nice fertility specialist. She's great. She asks good questions and she's always got time for us. I can't believe I found two doctors I like in the space of three months. We're meeting with her later today, on the computer, of course. Yeah, thank goodness we don't have to go into a doctor's office just yet. But soon, I hope. For now, I just want to enjoy this beautiful fall day. Fall, yes. Oh, what do you think about Autumn for a name? Autumn? Nah, I don't think I want a kid who's a season. Oh, so probably not summer, either? No, but I might consider winter. With a Y. This is as far as we'll take Kid and Cassie. In this episode, we were able to help Kit in several ways. We created a symptom journal so that she could record not only her symptoms, but also the circumstances around each symptom, her emotions, and her reactions to meetings with her doctor. We contributed to the doctor-patient relationship by offering workshops to providers and patient-centered communication. And we carried that same style of communication over into the pharma company's support program so that Kit could feel equally supported after she was prescribed a treatment. If you'd like to see sample images of the tools and programs we created, go to micromass.com slash intersect hyphen podcast and click the links on our podcast page. Our Micromass team members for these three episodes were behaviorist Mindy Volpus, lead behavioral copywriter Kelsey Arp, senior art director Lindsay Huey, and group account director Kristen Maynard. Original music by Lindsay Jones. Special thanks to Laura Slipsky, Brianna King, Hunter Holbrook, and Chelsea Womack for their voice work. Shanoa Michalites and Rob Peters for their strategic guidance, and Emily Poole for her production management. Thanks for listening to this story of Intersect. For now, I'm Johnny Knight. Talk to you soon.